Hello everyone, welcome to Diamond Gems with Avi Kravitz, a podcast where I talk to members of the diamond industry and lovers of diamonds and jewelry to tell the story of the diamond market, sharing our experiences, learning from each other and understanding what diamonds truly mean to each of us. We're all different and so are our diamonds, so let's celebrate that whether you're a miner, a manufacturer, a dealer, a designer or a jeweler because stories apply to everyone in the diamond market and our ability to grow as individuals, as businesses and as an industry depends largely on the way we reveal those hidden gems. Back in September, I had the opportunity to visit the Cullinan mine, meeting with management, learning about the mine, both past and present, and seeing the underground operation. It was an all-round cool and extremely informative experience, which I'll never forget. Petra impressed upon me that production is only one aspect of its strategy. Increasingly, its sustainability program is shaping the overall outlook and identity of the company governed by its four pillars people, planet, partners, and production. I sat down with Tabo Mane, who is the social performance manager at Cullinan, to learn more about how Cullinan fits into that narrative. We discuss aspects of the mine about which I was not aware and which I think will open your eyes to another side of the diamond industry in which corporates are engaging with communities to uplift their welfare and livelihoods. Our chat was on site, so there might be a bit of an echo in the sound quality, but the discussion is an important one, which I found extremely enlightening. I'm sure you will too, so please enjoy my chat with Tabo Mane. Tabo, I had an amazing day visiting the Cullinan mine, seeing the underground operation. It's a mine with such a rich history, celebrating 120 years in 2023. It was a real eye-opener for me and I learned so much. So thank you for that. Thank you for hosting me. But there's the underground operation and then there's the impact the mine has above the surface. And there's a community attached to Cullinan. And I understand that your role is to oversee that community relationship. So let's start with you describing your role and what the broader aim is in your position. No, thank you, Avi. I'm responsible for social performance, which looks after the socio-economic investment that um, the mine um, does plow back in the community as part of the profits made from the minerals that we are mining. Okay, and given that, like we said, it's 120 years since mining began at Cullinan, and so you would imagine that the community has been around for that long, um, and so they would come with a certain expectation from management. So I would imagine that you, a lot of your role is engaging with the community and understanding what that expectation is. Yeah. Right. So let's start with how, how the mine is regulated to ensure that the profits are distributed back into the community. So in South Africa, we've got regulations which uh, permits and allows operations like um, Kalimane Diamond Mine, provides them with a license to operate um, and in the process, you then have to set aside a certain percentage of your profits um, dedicated to community development. So if you look at where mines are naturally in South Africa and across the world, you, there's no way you can have an operation without the community because as you mine, you rely on human resources um, to get to the minerals. And there's a whole lot of processes which involves communities in the form of employees. So, it's quite important for Petra Diamonds um, as such that they keep a good relations with the community. 
what we have seen and realized that you cannot operate without the community. And therefore, the community cannot also exist without corporates like the mining um, companies in terms of providing for livelihoods. Yeah. Now, we're not only the industry in Kalinen that provides jobs, but we are one of the biggest employers. In Kalinen, we are the oldest to be operating still today in the area of Kalinen. And therefore, the, the history is so rich and expectations in terms of continuous provision of jobs, skills development, is also on the first agenda of any community member in Kalinen. And because of, again, of the proven records of how the mine has plowed back in the community, we keep that relationship alive. Expectations rise every day because of they see the mind that is still there. So if I have to refer to one of the Petra cultures uh, in terms of values, you know, we say we need to create abundance through partnerships, right? right? So we do have relationships directly with the community through projects uh, by visiting certain projects, whether it's NGOs that are dealing with um, childcare. Uh, we have relationship with local schools where we do have programs where we invest in English, math, and science. Uh, we donate school uniforms. We provide dignity packs. So that relationship alone keeps us relevant uh, to their existence. Secondly, you've got our employees that are from the community. And those becomes our true ambassadors in terms of carrying the image of the organization. Because of as they travel between work and home, they also revive the hope to say, if they study further and they become engineers, one of the best, best uh, optional in terms of employment, they come back to the mind. Mm -hmm. And we do have history where we have employed uh, professionals, non-professionals uh, from the community to come and work um, for this company. Right. Well, can you give us a bit of an idea in terms of numbers? Um, you know, how many people are employed at Cullinan? I may not have the exact numbers, sure. but I can roughly say permanent employees, we are somewhere around 1,000 to 1,300. And so in terms of your engagement with the community, how, how does that take shape? Okay. In terms of how we have identified communities that are directly or indirectly impacted by CDM's operation through interest in terms of jobs, in terms of business, in terms of skills, skills development. Your towns that are within 20 kilometer radius are the towns that we have identified and ring-fenced as the stakeholders that we need to engage more right. often because as a result of mining, we impact them directly or indirectly, mm. right? And then we looked at the, their interest. Their interest is barely work in terms of you know them finding livelihoods uh, skills development and business opportunities. Now, we, we have recently established a multi-stakeholder forum, which is made up of various community leaders where we engage them on their interest, whether it's employment, as I, like I said, and skills development, and SMME development, or business opportunities, because we realize that secondary economy is also quite key to ensure that we sustain livelihoods. We don't want communities to rely on the operation because of the secondary economy that we need to ensure that come close out time of the of the mine and the community can still sustain themselves. Right. And, and the opportunity to work within the operation as um, as effective as that is, it's limited. Yeah. You know, there's only so many jobs that yeah. one can create within the system. So, I mean, uh, just, you know, driving here, 
I missed the churn and drove briefly through the tourist area okay. of Cullinan. And for those listening, um, there's also tourism opportunity within the Cullinan mine that um, one can visit the mine, which is, I, I think, quite unique. And I, I know that um, previously one could go underground and that was recently stopped. But the access that you get um, to the Cullinan mine as a tourist is a wonderful opportunity. And, and um, I'm looking forward to taking yeah. that up again. And, and you know, that, that kind of line of business was established to ensure that even beyond closure of the mine, yeah. tourists can still continue happening on this mine. We can still keep certain jobs. Uh, we can still keep families engaged. Um, we can still keep certain income, you know, to make sure that it does not become a ghost town. Yeah. Now, as you rightfully say that, you know, it's so fascinating to go underground in the service store. Now, CDM is one of the few mines um, in Africa, if not in the world, that still provides, you know, the surface tour whilst the operation is still active. The stoppage of, of underground, um, there was a safety decision taken uh, by the leadership, uh, but I guess once the leadership or the management is quite happy uh, with the changes and with the improvements that they've identified, they can review that decision for the benefit of our tourists. Right. Well, as I say, I'm stunned that it was available in the first place. Yeah. Um, but that is an example of a secondary line of opportunity for the community to engage sure. and benefit from. Sure. Right. Yeah. So if I have to also look at other community investment programs or projects that we have executed um, in the recent past, um, we have just completed um, a, an administration block. Um, for a school in Antwerbach, 15 kilometers away from here. We have spent almost 4 million um, in that project. 4 million rand. 4 million rand, sorry. Um, and we are offering in this new building a library, um, staff room, um, school's principals, um, and a guard house. Now, you would agree with me that the first phase intervention that we enter into a school is the administration block. It provides you with what you want to or what you will be getting uh, out of your visit. So the investment of, of this in terms of what we have done really changes again the image of the school. It changes the culture. It also stimulates ownership you know, of the facility by the community because of you're giving them something that is of importance in terms of identity. Uh, previously, we have also constructed four classrooms for the very same school. We have also constructed a nutrition center where kids are being offered daily meals and um, understanding that we are not from the same background. So some of the learners, the only meal they get, that is the meal at school. Mm -hmm. So we have given them a very dignified center to receive such uh, nutrition. Right. So if you combine um, both investment, it's almost more than 10 million um, that we have invested in the past 10 years. Uh, moving back to another community, which is Refuge, which is six kilometers. We have in the past built, I think, three schools there, but that was uh, longer than uh, like 10 years ago. Of recent, we have just uh, constructed multi-indoor sports courts. Okay. You know, the courts that can offer um, the community to play tennis, to play volleyball, to play netball. Okay. So those courts have been constructed in all the three schools in Refuge to ensure that the learners, once they are in the school year, they can then complete the whole full cycle from academic to sports and recreation. Mm. So that when the child leaves the school, 
she's fully has completed all the circle of development right. and then that child has a better chance to take a divert or a diverse mm-hmm. career whether in sports whether in whether in arts and culture or this child wants to go through academic and um, career line mm-hmm. yeah okay. It sounds like it's very much a focus on education, education and health, health. Yeah. Um, and education and health. Yeah. Okay. okay. Because uh, through our corporate social investment program, we have provided almost 600 learners in these areas with dignity packs to be able to go to school without any stoppages in between the months. Because we know um, our girls go through this natural process, and therefore some of them do not have this necessary hygiene. Um, items to be able to go through lessons. So therefore, the intervention of the specs really helped them not to miss a class, not to miss an hour at school, yes. and they were able to complete you know, the whole um, school calendar activities without any stoppages. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also did provide some uniforms, again, to 600 learners um, in these four schools or six schools that we have mentioned. And again, you know, Poverty level, poverty backgrounds of these kids are not at the same levels. Uh, you still have um, parents that are not working. And therefore, these interventions through our CSI programs do help quite a lot um, in those families that are highly impacted by poverty. Mm-hmm. That learners are able to get a meal, they're able to get a, a full school uniform pack, and they're able to get a full dignity pack. Um, and, and that instills confidence. And it changes the dignity because of a child can then now go to school without being identified by their background. Right. Okay. It's, it's so important on so many levels, you know, and, and um, often as an industry, we think about the CSR strategy of companies. And it's almost like there's an angle that they have to do it because it's good to show in your PR profile. But when you're on the ground, and you're dealing with real people who are facing real challenges, it takes on a whole different uh, meaning and significance. So I would like to get a better understanding of what are some of the challenges that these communities are facing. There's different levels of poverty that many of the learners come from, um, and that could be a result of their parents being unemployed. Is that that the main challenge? Yeah, and I'd want to link it with your national statistics um, in South Africa. Yeah. We're sitting as a country, we're sitting at uh, between 30 and 32% unemployment, especially on the youth, right? And if you have to mirror that to your local statistics, is the same reflection of unemployment rate. Now, if I have to specifically look at Kalina, one of the key challenges um, remains unemployment, right? Um, and then how we respond to that as the mind is to contribute in minimizing unemployment. And we do have our own commitments to ensure that where we operate, we provide portable skills so, so that people do not rely on being employed, but they, through the portable skills that you are offering, they can then start up their own businesses. Right. Recently, we've just completed a training program for unemployed youth, where we gave them trade skills on welding, driving skills, hospitality, and we're going to take another round of unemployed youth, probably 70, 80 to 100, where we're still going to offer them plumbing, a welding driver's license, and hospitality. Now, the aim is once these learners have completed, we then also give them toolbox so that they can then start their own businesses and, and apply their trade where they are needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, when these opportunities do exist online, 
obviously where they qualify, they'll be the first ones to be offered jobs, but they have to go through the normal process right. of interviews, you know, so that you can then get the best. Right, of course. Um, and then unemployment rates in South Africa is startling, and, and I think it's the underlying biggest challenge facing the, the country. And those programs that you describe and which are being implemented around the talent and mine, yeah. I would imagine this that's sort of applied at Petra's other um, operations in yeah. South Africa, at least. And um, there's the Finch mine and coffee container yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, look, I think unemployment becomes generic, but communities are unique. So therefore, some of the portable skills that we would have identified in Kagen might be different to your Northern Cape, mm. might be different to Free State, where Coffee Fountain and, and Finchman are based. But obviously, the portable skills need to reflect your needs of the area, you know, so that you become responsive and relevant right. to the skills that you are offering. Right, okay, so it's, um, that, that's so important. And so, is Petra using these projects as a tool to get that message out and show how diamonds do good? Definitely, and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about the energy and the strategy direction that Petra has taken, because if you look at the SDG goals, we have adopted four of them, um, and those are the key drivers of our, inter our interventions. Uh, we're quite keen in terms of water preservation, on um, compliance to environment, in terms of responsible mining, uh, investing in education and health, um, and in ensuring that through mining we can then create abundance of opportunities for, for our communities and ensure that we have positive collaborations with our communities. And then I'm happy that you know uh, Petra management has ensured that each and every employee in my role understand um, the requirements and the commitments that they have made. And we, as the managers, we execute in line with the, with the, with the goals as set by the leadership. Right, okay. Well, what, one thing that, uh, again, struck me through my little tour of the, of the operation today, there is an environmental aspect around the cabin and mine. Um, firstly, in terms of your water resource, that it's a net positive that there is a, an abundance of water. And so 99% of the water used on the plant is, is internal and recycled, yeah. as far as I understand. And then there's also the game farm around the, the Cullinan mine. Maybe you can explain how that ties into your environmental um, considerations. Um, yeah, look, look, I might not have the correct information. Uh, they, there's a department that deals with um, that line of business, but what I do know is um, they've set up a cooperative um, that is independent from the mine, that is managing the game farm. Um, and, and that, again, was to ensure that they continue providing job security. Number one. Number two is to ensure that in terms of the environment, we do comply with the legislation to ensure that we keep the environment as is. And then we can also use the environment to generate income, you know, for those that are involved in, in that line. All right, great. I just have a few shorter questions um, to go through before we close. I would like you to touch on some of the challenges that you face in your position. What, what is your biggest challenge that you have to deal with in, in your role? For me, it's more on opportunities that people are unable to see, mm -hmm. right? So at times we, we deal with communities that would want to be given these opportunities on a silver platter. Um, and they don't realize that through innovation and collaboration, they can benefit far much bigger than asking to be employed. 
Mm-hmm. And these are one of my challenges turn into opportunities to say, how, how do we empower our communities to look at the mine as a partner, not to look at the mine as a source that can provide employment. And I know that you cannot turn everybody into an entrepreneur, mm. but where opportunities exist, um, we would want our communities to really make use of these opportunities and, and then begin to create self-sustainable livelihoods uh, through partnering with the mine. Right. Secondly is, um, again, if I look at tourism, for an example, there's so much products that can be introduced into what the current tourist uh, product is offering. Um, if you look at township um, tourism, um, it's not so much in the face of the tourist. Uh, so you do want communities that are staying in these communities uh, to really look at what are those products that can be u- uniquely sold um, to the tourists for them to come back and tour the mine. That once I've completed touring the mine, I might want to then ha- have a traditional meal or dish mm-hmm. in Rifilo or in Onferbach. And currently, we don't have much of those that are offered. By the end of June 2024, you know, one would have loved to have a proper restaurant that is managed by a local person mm-hmm. in our township. And, and therefore, this is what we want to sell. Yeah. And those are one of my challenges. And maybe uh, the third one is this self-reliance on the mine. Mm. You know, to say the mine at one stage, the mine will close down. So what you want to see happening is the Kalinen town should not be a ghost town. It should be a town where everybody wants to go and visit and continue to do business. So the challenge there is being innovative. You'd want the youth to begin to see the mine in terms of the current operation as an opportunity to create livelihoods in the long term Mm -hmm. and see mine as a gateway to achieve what they want to achieve. So is to then have those constructive engagements with our community partners to say, what can we do now in preparing ourselves that beyond 2030, beyond 2040, um, Refule or any other community member should not rely on Petra or on CDM, but should use CDM as a partner to continue um, creating jobs for themselves. Right, that's such an important um, goal and message. And uh, I just wish you the, the, the greatest success in your activity with the community. And that's really what our industry is about, is using the profits that, that diamonds make to give back to communities that are affected by um, operations such as this. So. Thank you for the work you're doing and thank you for this opportunity that I've had today. It's been a fascinating morning and I can only encourage everyone to take advantage of um, the access that Cullen and Diamond Mine is giving to people to learn about diamonds and, and visit the mine and see it up close and personal. So thank you. No, thanks. Thanks, Avi. And again, thanks for the opportunity uh, for this interview. It makes us feel much better when we do have such interviews where you reposition our work with the intentional world. And thank you again. Well, for me, it was a treat. So thank you, Tavo, and uh, we'll keep the conversation going. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Diamond Gems with Avi Kravitz. Please check out my website, avikravitz.com, for more info on how you and your brand can tell your diamond story. Contact me for advertising opportunities. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok. And connect with me on LinkedIn, all under the ticker Avi Kravitz. And subscribe to my newsletter where I share insights about the diamond market along with other useful tidbits that I come across. Let's share our experiences we're lucky enough to have in this incredible industry of ours because stories apply to everyone in the diamond market.